This is Dave Smith from Orange County, California, and I am absolutely positive that I would rather shoot a video with Michael Moore called Two Guys, One Cup than listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Thank you for joining us and welcome to this 238th episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. Sitting across from me, cold, yet lovely. And scholarly, independent, and strong, feminine, liberated, and all that other jazz, Brittany Page. Come on, Jesse D. <laughs> what is happening here? It's a litany of, of declaratory, descriptive uh, stuff. Another D word? <laughs> you almost had it. Look, I'm running out of stuff. Running out. I, it, My creative level is is at an all time low. It did not sound like you were running out of stuff. Yeah, I'm depleted. Yeah, another D. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So, how are you? I am fantastic. All right. Yes, I am also fantastic. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I uh, well, I wasn't done, but go ahead. I'm a little burned out. You're been, burned out. I've been watching a lot of Olympics again. Yeah, well. All day with the Olympics. And, it's fun. Uh, it is super fun. It's exciting. Yeah. You root for the team. Well, it's exciting, apparently, even for for Olympians who are allegedly being held at gunpoint, like guns to their head gunpoint. Uh-huh. Craziness. Telling yeah. a story, Ryan Lochte with two other swimmers. Right, who got robbed. Uh, allegedly. Well, I guess who we don't have to say allegedly. No, no legal action would be taken. But there's uh, there's now, it's in question, which I, uh, I don't know how much I trust the Brazilian government because they don't want the bad press because they rely economically on tourism. Right. But also, the thing that's kind of working against them, and they've detained two of our swimmers. Ryan Lochte has already fled the fucking scene. Right, but they took two of the other swimmers off their plane. Yeah, right. They were getting on their plane, and they took them off the plane, confiscated their passports, and they're going to get to the bottom, quote unquote. Right, so they're investigating basically the validity of whether or not this supposed robbery actually happened. Right. Because apparently there's like video footage of Ryan Lochte and the other two swimmers coming back from... Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the it. robbery, yeah. right? And they smoking are, and joking. Yeah, and, they look yeah. not like people who just had guns put to their head and and were robbed. And Ryan Lochte tells a very detailed, tough guy. Description. Oh yeah, total tough. Like, tough I'm guy not McGee. getting down. I'm not. Fuck you, man. I'm not getting. And then he says the 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 gunman cocked the gun and right. put the gun to his forehead. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, whatever, man. I'll get down. I guess. Yeah, come on. It's like dude. a Liam Neeson movie, is what he <laughs> right. described. Well, and I'm not saying whether this is true or not, but Ryan Lochte does have a reputation for being a real dumb guy. 
Hmm. Not a smart guy. That's I, the I reputation. I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that. That's the reputation. It looked I like don't he know. dyed his hair himself, and it was not good. <laughs> so, so just based on that, maybe the rumor is true. <laughs> he he went a little crazy with the frosting tips. It was. It did not work out. Yeah, or maybe just swimming in the pool too long. It and was the blue. Chlorine bleached the shit out of it. it. Was oh, blue. is it blue? It was. It had. A, it was supposed to be. So he used the ble- the the dye out of the old lady box. I don't know what he did. It's not good. Yeah. But apparently, I mean, well, when he was telling the story and he said that the gun got put to his head, that he's like, whatever, you know, oh, yeah. no big deal having the gun put to my head. Why do you need to act like that? Because it's okay, even if you're a man. Yeah, he's got a gun. Fuck, what am I going to do? And he's going to blow your head off. Right. That maybe you start getting a little anxious, right? Yeah, I don't know. And I don't even know if we'll ever really find out. But they're talking on the news about him losing sponsorships and all kinds of crazy shit if it's found that he lied. Well, and I'm wondering how long it's going to take the Brazilian government to get to the bottom of this. I mean, how long are they going to detain two American swimmers? Yeah, like they're criminals or something. Yeah, when they while they investigate the claim. I don't even know why they need to de- detain them. Just let it blow over. Let them go. I hope that our State Department is saying, hey, come on, let's let's not calm down, everybody. Mm-hmm. Calm, <laughs> calm down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But otherwise, eh, pretty good. Some good stuff. Simone Biles or whatever her name is, killing it on the floor exercise. Are you, why do you have that face? Because I'm reading this article from the Chicago Tribune, and it's saying that Ryan Lochte has started changing his story. Did you know this? No, uh-uh that NBC is reporting this, that he now says that his taxi wasn't pulled over, but that they were robbed after making a stop at a gas station. Hmm. Because originally he said they were pulled over and they looked like cops, Hmm. right? Now he's changing his story. And then he also said the gunman pointed a gun at him rather than putting it to his head. So he's now backing away from the dramatic taken story. Yeah, maybe he is a dumb guy. Well, or so anyway, I'm... back to the Simone Biles kicking ass. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Jumping 50 feet in the air, which yes. is only like four foot nothing. Yeah, yeah. Killing it, getting a gold, dramatic, awesome stuff. And Ryan Lochte is apparently a moron. <laughs> well, and speaking of Simone, right? She's awesome. But Slate wrote an article and it was titled, How Does Simone Biles Fly So High? There are literal springs beneath the floor. Like, are they trying to take away from her accomplishment? Yeah, we know that. That's... Yeah, yeah, we know that the floor is springy. Oh, is this the tweet you showed me from the guy from The Office? Yeah. Oscar Nunez? Yes, Oscar. The, the guy who played Oscar, the gay guy on, on The Office. Yeah, and he said, do they remove the springs when it's other athletes' turn? <laughs> Which is a great point. Yeah. Yeah, the same springs are there for her than they are for everyone else, and she is half their height. Right. And bounding insanely high in the air. Right. And I think there's been like some controversy over how the athletes have been covered in the media, specifically, you know, Michael Phelps getting giant headlines compared to Katie Ledecky's tiny little subtitle well, it wasn't the under he- his there was, name. There was a headline on the article of Michael Phelps gets a silver. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, eh, and by the way, Katie Ledecky is fucking killing it in the gold section. Right. And... 
I guess you could explain that away as Michael Phelps is the champion, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, it's like this pattern of problematic reporting, you know, with the Simone Biles thing. And, oh, she's not really like super athletic. It's just the springs in the floor, you guys. Um, yeah. yeah, I see that. I don't know. It's like a pattern of reporting that seems to be problematic. I don't like Slate trying to explain it away, though, with this fucking springs situation. Come right. on. Right. Get it together. Yes. All right. Well, let's move on. We got some listener communication. We have an email, don't we? We sure do. Well, why haven't you read it yet? Here I go. <laughs> Much- Another example of women just lagging behind. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Much love for you all, bringing attention to the good works of Republican Richard Berry. It's nice to see those little R values at work. Cindy. And that would be, thank you, Cindy. That would be the Republican mayor we talked about from Albuquerque, who has the putting the panhandler homeless population to work if they so choose, which leads to permanent gainful employment and also, mm-hmm. you know, healthcare, mental health care. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome stuff. So yeah, that we uh we were tuned into that story right away when we saw it. Why the smirk, Brittany? Well, I just think it's funny that she said, you know, much love to us for recognizing some of the good things that Republicans do. And I guess <laughs> that means we don't do that very often, which is unfortunate because well, it's that's hard certainly, to find stories. Well, it's certainly not intentional. They're right? usually, you know, they're too busy saying all lives matter, all lives matter to fucking do something good for, for their fellow humans yeah, or doing well, the shit that we're going to get to with this Carol Everett lady. In a few minutes. She's a flaming liberal, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, thank you very much for the email, Cindy. We appreciate it very much. And on to a phone call or a listener submitted voice memo. Hey, guys. It's Dan from Oceanside. Now that it looks like uh, electorally it's basically impossible that Trump would be elected, uh... And so a vote for Hillary is less necessary from you, Jesse. Uh, are you are you looking into Gary Johnson? Uh, I know, uh, I imagine a lot of his libertarian views line up with your own. Uh, I would say that there's a good portion of his platform I can agree with. Uh, and so I might vote for him just out of principle, just to see a third party do well. Uh, yeah, just seeing uh, if any of the recent kind of polling changes and... and Trump's like unprecedented freefall has a change where you're going to vote. Right? Love the show. And later guys. <laughs> well, I would um maybe a minor correction is that it's not a foregone conclusion yet that Donald Trump is going to lose. It's looking that way right now, but you got to remember that the American people have the attention span of like a 30-second stop set of commercials in between their favorite sitcom. So anything can change, and people can forget very easily the buffoonery of the orange-faced mook, Donald Trump, and and start supporting him, having, you know, like I said, just, you know, erased from their memory all of his bad behavior previous. Yeah, I like this this thing from 538. And then I will get to the Gary Johnson thing, but go ahead. 
Simply put, the polls aren't perfect at this point in the cycle. There's still a good deal of uncertainty inherent in trying to predict who will win the election and by how much based on the polls. We have more than two months until the election and polls have coverage error, measurement error, non-response error. So a lot of errors are possible in the polling, yeah, right? Sure, sure. They do say, though, that every polling leader at this point in the election cycle went on to win the popular vote. But there's a couple problems with that. If you think back to 2000, okay, Al Gore, George W. Bush, Mm -hmm. Al Gore's lead on George W. Bush in 2000 narrowed enough in the last couple of months for it to be one of the closest elections ever. And yeah, historically, it certainly was that. And in 1980, Jimmy Carter, after a successful convention, was tied with Ronald Reagan, according to the national polling average. But Reagan ended up winning by nearly 10 percentage points. Hmm. So. Well, and we've seen that this election cycle has been unlike anything that we've been able to bear witness to ever. I mean, this is insanity. But I would say this, Dan. For me, it's too early to tell about the Gary Johnson thing. I am certainly open to giving him my support and my vote. However, I need to be certain that it's not going to hasten a Donald Trump presidency. Because if that's the case, I'm not doing that. Unless I'm certain in my own stupid brain (laughs) that I'm not going to be helping Donald Trump live in the White House for at least four years, I'm not going to do that. Because I just can't imagine how much gold leaf and gaudy decorating will be done. Oh, God. He will turn the White House into a Persian palace inside of a week. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be fucking terrible. Yes. So, yeah, I'm for sure open. And uh, a lot of Gary Gary Johnson's libertarianism kind of there is a streak running through me that i i can appreciate that Mm -hmm. but it's way too early to tell in fact i would venture to say that i won't decide until probably two weeks maybe even a week before uh the person for whom i'll vote Mm -hmm. so anyway thanks for the call we appreciate it always if you too would like to sound off and communicate with the show ask us a question or just otherwise ramble on for two or three minutes, which we would not prefer, but uh, you can call 657-464-7609 or, of course, email a voice memo or a regular email like Dan and Cindy have just done to idoubtit at dollamore.com. All right. Well, let's get to a little follow-up. This should be a segment like, yep, that's because of religion. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be the title of the segment. Of of what you're getting ready to talk about? Oh, religion. Really? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have talked about a guy in the past called Anjem Chowdhury. And I'm going to play a couple of clips to refresh your memory of who he is. But he is a radical cleric, a radical Islamist British citizen who is kind of a maniac who is a a bold and open supporter of ISIS, who who makes fun and champions terrorist attacks like 9-11. You talk about wanting the truth to prevail, but here's what bothers me. When we were setting up for our interview here, the audio engineer asked you to do what every guest does, to count to 10, to check the mic. And you started to do that, 
But then you said 9-11, Is this all some sort of a joke uh, to, to do that? Well, you know, if you had a sense of humor, maybe you would have laughed. Uh, it was just a sound check. You know, and you shouldn't take any of these things that seriously. Obviously, you know, I'm not a saying sense to of humor? carry out an operation. A yeah. sense of humor. We were setting, we were setting up the sound check. And I said, one, two, three, four, five, nine, eleven, seven, seven, making sure that you can hear me. It's not a big issue. It's not a big deal. If you want to make it a big deal, by all means, do so. But it means it makes you look much more shallow, really, than me. <laughs> I have nothing more to say. But thank you for joining me. You're always welcome. <sighs> what a world we live in. That, of course, is my new favorite over at CNN, Brian Stelter. And here is another clip of Anjem Chowdhury explaining exactly what their goal of ISIS is with their caliphate, ultimately. As Muslims, the East and the West would one day be governed by the Sharia. Indeed, we believe that one day the flag of Islam will fly over the White House. There you have it. That is Anjem Chowdhury, and he has been tried and convicted of material support. I don't know exactly what the charge is in Britain, but he has been charged and tried and found guilty and is now facing sentencing for giving material support to ISIS. On his way into court, Britain's best-known radical Islamist claimed it was all a setup. The only reason I'm standing here today is because I'm a Muslim. Chowdhury once praised the 9-11 hijackers and for years has denounced Western rights and freedoms. Down, down, democracy! Down, down, democracy! After the rise of ISIS in 2014, Chowdhury sounded like a salesman for life under ISIS rule. Everybody has free food, clothing and shelter. Close your eyes and imagine a society. You haven't got a house? Here's your house. If you don't have uh, electricity, here's free electricity. Eventually, Chowdhury's lectures in person and online got him arrested. On the eve of his trial, he sat down with us to insist he never directly recruited for ISIS. There's no record of me ever saying to go abroad and to live in the Islamic State. I but believe did in you fact, have to? No, I Just believe by in saying fact, this, is a, this is a Muslim state and, you know, and it, it, it is a, a place run under mm -hmm. Sharia law mm -hmm. is an implicit endorsement. No, it isn't, in fact. But the British government disagrees. It believes Chowdhury's campaigning contributed to the stream of hundreds of Britons who went to Syria to fight. One of them was Siddhartha Dar, formerly Chowdhury's close associate. He went to Syria in 2014 and is now widely believed to be the man behind the mask in ISIS's latest execution video. All people of Britain know that today your citizenship is under our feet. Anjum Chowdhury faces 10 years in jail if he's convicted. But the broader question, Scott, is whether this British crackdown on recruiting is going to slow the flow of foreign fighters that ISIS depends on. Liz Palmer in the London newsroom tonight. Liz, thanks. So this guy is effectively taken off the street. Well, I'd also like to note that he lived in Britain. That's right. Citizen. He could have lived where ISIS is, right? Yeah, that's well that's that's what's so funny about it. But he criticizes the freedoms right. that he's enjoying in Britain. That's right. He's using the freedoms that he's shit talking to recruit for ISIS to destroy those very freedoms. Right. I mean the irony is palpable. 
Right, because he's been allowed to say all the hateful shit that he wants and terrible, terrible things and saying he supports ISIS, all this stuff. But it wasn't until he actually did something that he got in trouble. That's right. Right? Yeah, that's right. Recruiting. And I think there's a financial tie as well, which is obviously in the United States would be no-no. I'm sure they're even more stringent in Great Britain. So that, again, based on religion. He's doing all of this based on his deeply held religious beliefs because of his particular cultish fairy tale. He wants to kill and destroy Western civilization. Well, and he went on 60 Minutes, I think probably about a year ago at this point, and he was interviewed by uh, Clarissa Ward. Yeah. And go watch that interview. It's on YouTube. Uh, 60 Minutes and Jim Chowdhury. That's the one where he's a complete disrespectful cunt, Yeah, he right? talks He talks down to her. Yeah. And he, I mean, it's... When they're walking around London and he's just being a dick. Yeah, she, yeah he doesn't yeah. like the way she's dressed. He's, you know... <laughs> yeah. It is very difficult to watch. And actually, she gave an interview after she did the interview and said that in her head, the whole time, she was telling herself... Okay, just take a breath. You need to keep your cool. <laughs> you need to I, keep your cool because if you don't, they won. They yeah. win. And, I, I don't know how she did it. And so she was having to give herself a pep talk. Yeah. But, and she did a great job because she did. She kept her cool. Yeah. All right. Well, next up in this soon or up until now unnamed segment about religion, uh, there's another lady named Carol Everett. She runs an organization called The Heidi Project. And... She was just awarded like a million and a half dollar grant or something from the state of Texas. Tell us a little bit more about that and then we'll play some clips, Brittany. That's right. $1.65 million. Wow. Even more than I thought. In taxpayer money for her organization's quote unquote health care services. Oh, I didn't know she was a doctor. No, no, no. Um, her organization does not provide health care services. Oh, uh, let's just talk about like some things that she has said. Okay, but first, hang on. Where's this? Texas. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> she, the Heidi Group, like you said, is an anti-abortion organization that gives women health advice, but it's not a medical provider, and it cannot perform any kind of healthcare services. Right. But she testified at a hearing, and she proposed a requirement that women either bury or cremate the remains of their aborted fetuses. And one of her reasons for this is that she's concerned about an impending public health disaster if fetuses were to be flushed down toilets. She argued that the general public could be afflicted with STDs or even HIV due to fetuses <laughs> flooding the sewer systems. I don't think she knows how shit works. Brittany Page. Many different things she does not know. Because there's a lot of stuff that gets flushed down toilets that if that was the case, if fetuses, if feti, flushed feti could be transmitting sexually transmitted diseases like AIDS, that there's a lot of stuff that gets flushed down there that could probably do that already. I know. She's not ready, like worried about all the poops. Not even poops. I'm just talking about like cotton they get shoved into vaginas soaked in blood and then flushed down the toilet 
Because women have periods, Brittany. I don't know if you know. Well, she's acting like... She's acting like people dump purified water down their toilet, and that's all a toilet well, is what, used for. That's what comes out of me. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's some, there's already some bad stuff that's my going body, into the sewer system. My body's like a hydrogen engine. The, <laughs> the exhaust is, is water. So... I'm a, a, a finely tuned machine. None of it's this is true. It's you ladies who have all the gross things going on. Ew. You know, the blood coming out of her. You know, you could see there was blood coming out of her eyes. Uh, blood coming out of her wherever. I have a very good brain, and I've said a lot of things. <laughs> so, uh, she's got this $1.65 million grant from the state of Texas, the tax payer funded grant and this AIDS sewer fetus flush theory of hers isn't even the most alarming it's not even the most ridiculous thing she said she was on a radio program called wall builders and said some just goddamn I I gotta ask you Carol I know this is Somewhat off topic, but um, you've shared with our students at Patriot Academy before, and we got to get you back, by the way. Um, but but you're very candid about this, and 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 since the time that that you've shared, uh, what you just were talking about the the pain that is caused from these multiple relationships and all that. Since that time, now all of a sudden we see this. They've even got a term for it, so I guess it makes them feel better. Uh, this polyamorous thing is growing. Where it's just it's like it's like open marriage without marriage. It's everybody loves everybody, and it's you know three or four people in a relationship together. It's crazy stuff. Sick. What does that do to a person's heart and to their mind and to <laughs> our communities? I mean, because this is happening among people in the church. Even it's what sneaking does it in. do? That's terrible. <laughs> well, it breaks down all those natural uh, barriers that we're supposed to have. And you know, if you're think about this, one woman sleeping with. A man, and she knows this woman living here sleeps with him too. How does she feel about that woman? That's not a relationship that fosters anything kind. And how does she feel about him? I mean, that's in my mind almost like rape when you're just having sex with two or three different women. <laughs> what? Brittany, her logic is airtight. How dare you question her? It's not. For a man to have sex with more than one woman, that is rape. And who's it rape on? Is it rape on all of them or just the second lady? Or is it the first lady that's getting raped because he's just moved on to the second? I need more. Cl we need clarification on this rape multiple sexual partner theory of hers. So I imagine that that host who can't even fathom uh, this this type of relationship, right, right? right. That that he's never cheated. Of course not. And that he never looks at a woman with lust in his heart. No, that's adultery according right? to Jesus. He never takes little peeks while he's out in public, right? <laughs> because he cannot like or be interested in anyone else but his wife. That's right. That's it. That is right. And how dare anyone else live like that? <laughs> that is not normal. Those don't. Those are not normal boundaries. She, she Isn't said, that what she said? She said sick. I think she said it wasn't natural boundaries, too. Right. It breaks down that natural, that natural boundary in you. You hear it, but there. What do you? What and also, she weird. She's from Texas. 
glad it's back. I just don't understand the impulse to, you know, tell other people how to live their fucking lives. Right. I mean, great. You want to be in a monogamous relationship. Perfect. Some people don't want to do that. And that's fine for them to do that. You can you can feel the way you feel about it, but don't act like, oh, you're crossing a net. It's sick. Right. I mean, that's aggressive. The Old Testament is filled with fucking dudes having hundreds and hundreds of wives and concubines. David, who the Bible said was a man after God's own heart, had a fuck ton of women all just laying around. He had a woman's husband killed so he could bang her. Well, come on. And I don't know what other people's experiences have been with church, but I know when I was younger and I would go to church, I would look at the families at church and I would say, oh, I wish my family was like this. And then I became an adult and I'm still somewhat connected to some of those people still. And seeing the trajectory of their relationship, some people were cheating. With a little older, more mature eyes. Some people had affairs going, you know, and... This guy thinks that kind of stuff isn't happening in his world. He's acting like it's only outside of the believer. No, it's not. But wait, Brittany, there's more. Oh, great. And even worse. This is her on with Alan Combs, who used to be the co-host of Hannity and Combs. He Mm -hmm. used to be a Fox News. He's still a Fox News guy, but I think he's just a radio guy now. And he's interviewing her about her position on abortion. And she takes it to the weirdest fucking place that it could be brought should other women not have the same options you've had and be able to make the same choice you once made if women have a choice to have an abortion they deserve the real truth they need to know exactly what the procedure is going to be what is being removed from them the risk of abortion just like they're told if they have their gallbladder removed and that's just simply not what's happening across the nation women are not being told given full informed consent or full disclosure and I am against women being sold an abortion without the benefit of truth. You say sold, and you talk about Planned Parenthood as wanting to sell women or push abortions to women. And uh, you say that they encourage them to have sex with multiple partners in the process. Well, if you look on some of the teen wire and some of the other sites that Planned Parenthood has, it's very interesting to see how they're encouraging children young people to experiment with all sorts of, actually, bestiality even. Wait, wait a minute. Planned Parenthood, is in, <laughs> Planned Parenthood is promoting bestiality? Look online at the Planned Parenthood websites for teenagers. There it is in black and white and color. Not what I'm saying. There it is. Where Can you give me the URL where I can see that I, Planned Parenthood is actually promoting bestiality between children and animals? And animal, I mean, where is this happening? Well, I'll have to, it's online. I'll have to give you the URL, and I don't have it before And Planned me right Parenthood now. is behind this? All sorts of abortion providers are behind it, Planned Parenthood and others. But, but you're including Planned, Parenth- Planned Parenthood as being among the groups. Specifically, you're saying Planned Parenthood is behind promoting bestiality. I am sure. saying that they have a website that actually encourages sex with animals. Okay, that URL would be burned into her brain. Oh, yeah. If that were true, she would get it tattooed on her forehead and be saying the URL to anyone she yeah, could. That would That's fucking hard core damning evidence if the if Planned Parenthood for all its faults was promoting sex between human beings and animals which is a fucking felony in the United States they would not get any federal funding for anything 
they would be shut the fuck down. I mean, where she didn't give a hint as to where they're advertising this. Where is it like a form of birth control that they're advising kids engage in? Like you can't get pregnant oh, from a dog. I'm very confused here. But also when she said that that they're not being properly informed about what's being taken out of them or what's going to happen. Is Planned Parenthood like telling people that they're going to just lay them down and then, oh, a cotton candy will appear and they're going to hand them like a cotton candy treat or so, like what? It's not a fetus. It's just poop. I, you just had a poop, baby. Who knows? Here's the thing. When someone is going to get an abortion, they they're know. asking for an abortion. They know what they're asking no, they're, for. They're being sold an abortion, Brittany Page. Yeah. Sold an abortion. I went in for a microwave. I walked out with an abortion. <laughs> That's wily salesman. <laughs> Those doctors at Planned Parenthood, like car salesmen. I know. Uh, yeah, look, I tell you what. Hang on. Let me go talk to my manager. We'll see what I could do to have you uh, buy this abortion today. <laughs> wait, wait. Did you upsell the patient on the gold star abortion? Or are they just going to stay at the silver level? What's going on here? Do you want the aftercare package? Because, you know, sometimes these go bad and we'll take it back. No questions asked. <laughs> this is how she thinks it, it goes down, I think. Well, here's the deal. She got a $1.6 million of taxpayer money from the state of Texas. How egregious is that? That this woman with these views is being entrusted with taxpayer money to give health care advice on any level. It is just fucking ridiculous. Well, and her organization claims on the website to be helping Texas women. But if you look through the website, their claims to have programs are actually just a phone number that you can call and then the page that offers to help women with pregnancy or infant loss says page coming soon and i guess with the money that they got they're going to be getting right. it up real soon and then if a woman needs a pregnancy test they have a, li a list of links to crisis pregnancy centers that counsel women against abortion so what are they doing with all that money yeah i'd like to know it's certainly not going to college so there, there doesn't seem to be much accountability especially in the granting process Ugh. Well, listen. If you have any, uh, if you have any ideas for what to name this prospective new segment, we are all ears. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, I doubt it. At dollamore.com. Support for I doubt it with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. So we had our very first long overdue Google Hangout with patrons and PayPal people last night. Yes, we did. Tuesday. And it was a good time. Yeah, it was great. Um, we, I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, whether it would be kind of an ask us anything, which it, it kind of was. And it was also just us just generally bullshitting about our lives and talking with listeners yeah. about their lives and what's going on. And 
Uh, we had a special guest pop in at one point. It was a it was a good time. Yeah. So if you are a patron and you didn't attend the Tuesday call, well, for one, I got to apologize for all the fucking insane emails because the Patreon user interface apparently is beyond my technical ability. And I thought I was sending an individual message to someone and it went out to the fucking group. So I'm dumb guy. But we're going to do one on Saturday at noon Los Angeles time. And just before the call, like five or ten minutes before, um, well, as soon as you get the link, you can pop in. But about 1150 or so, I will send out a link that you click and come into the Google Hangout and just turn your camera on and we can all look at each other and stare at each other in silence. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good time. So thank you very much, Patreon and PayPal supporters. We love the shit out of you guys. All right, let's get into some meat and potatoes. Stalemocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right, well, we're going to get to the story that we couldn't get to last time because we ran late, and this is about Hillary Clinton, that her email woes just will not go away. They are dogging her day after day and seem to be picking up a little steam, if you ask me. We turn now to the Clinton campaign and another collection of embarrassing emails released this week. Republicans say they show improper relations between the Clinton Foundation and Clinton's top aides at the State Department. The Clinton campaign and the State Department deny any wrongdoing. I spoke earlier to former Defense Secretary and CIA Director Leon Panetta, who has endorsed Hillary Clinton, and started our conversation with accusations based on those emails that a Clinton Foundation senior executive was asking top aides at the State Department for favors. You know, uh, that that's something that uh, obviously will continue to be looked at. But uh, staff people trying to make connections in Washington uh, is a pretty prevalent behavior by most people in Washington. You don't see anything wrong with a billionaire businessman donating to the foundation and then asking Clinton senior State Department aides for favors? Well, I think the question is whether anything was done in return for uh, uh, for that kind of donation. And uh, as far as I know, uh, nobody's been able to uh, pin down uh, that that actually happened. You know, her campaign implied this week this is all part of a right wing conspiracy or a load of bull. As Bill Clinton said Friday, do you think there is a conspiracy against her? No, I think this is politics. Uh, it's been politics for a long time. And, uh, you know, the uh, opposing uh, party is uh, always going to make attacks and uh, you'll make attacks uh, on the other party. That's part of the nature of the game. Uh, and I think they've been through it uh, a lot. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I've always found uh, both of them uh, to be first and foremost committed to uh, to the country and doing what's right for the country. And yet these latest emails, and, and there were more this week that hadn't been turned over to the State Department, play further into this notion that Americans don't trust her. You have known the Clintons for decades. Have you ever or would you like to sit down with them and say, look, this looks bad. There's got to be a different way to handle it. Well, 
You know, I think it's important for them to uh, acknowledge the mistakes that have been made uh, and to, uh, to to then move on. Uh, but I would I would frankly hope uh, that uh, the candidates uh, would all focus on the issues that are facing the American people uh, as we face another term uh, for uh, president of the United States. That's really what this debate ought to be all about, uh, not about emails or uh, some of the screwed up statements that uh, Trump has made. I think we ought to be focusing on the issues. But, but Secretary Panetta, that is an issue. Those emails are an issue. You heard what FBI Director Comey said. She was extremely careless. Well, but at the same time, uh, they found no basis for any kind of uh, action. And so, uh, you know, it's been investigated. Uh, no action has been taken by the Justice Department. A couple things here. One, remember about six months ago when I was screaming and yelling about what the problem is with her having a private server, that she had control of the emails that were the government's property, and then she turns around and says, oh, I've turned over all work-related emails. You just got to trust me. Well, apparently, that's not the case. She didn't turn over like she said. She gave the, uh, the American people her word that she did so, and she lied. Oh, she is a liar. so shocking. She didn't turn over all work-related emails because now they're starting to come out. The other thing is they're dragging out this fucking weak and tired trope about the vast right-wing conspiracy of the Republicans. Listen, folks, the Republican Party is fucking inept. They can't even <laughs> nominate a normal person for president. They can't even thwart the efforts of a moron from getting the nomination of their party. They don't have the smarts to, to concoct some kind of vast right-wing conspiracy to show Hillary Clinton as some kind of criminal. She looks like a criminal. She looks like something's going on here because something's going on here. In fact, the FBI, it's just been uh, revealed, they tried to do an independent investigation into the cozy relationship between the State Department and the Clinton Foundation, and the Department of Justice shut that shit down. CNN today that several months ago, the FBI and top Justice Department officials met to discuss opening a public corruption case into the Clinton Foundation. Our justice correspondent, Pamela Brown, has been getting new information. What are you learning, Pamela? Well, we've learned that what initially grabbed the FBI's attention into this, uh, Wolf, was the fact that a bank notified the FBI saying that there was suspicious activity surrounding a foreign donor to the Clinton Foundation. And so what the FBI wanted to do earlier this year is open up a case and investigate whether there was a conflict of interest at the time that that donor was making contributions to the Clinton Foundation during Clinton's tenure at the State Department. There were three DOJ field offices in agreement that an investigation, public corruption investigation, should be launched. And so top DOJ officials, we've learned, met with FBI officials earlier this year to discuss whether a case should be brought. And we're told that there was some disagreement agreement during that meeting that uh, it was split, that top, some top DOJ officials felt like a case should not be brought. In fact, the DOJ uh, Department of Justice looked into allegations against the Clinton Foundation a year prior after that controversial book, Clinton Cash, was released, found that those...
allegations were unsubstantiated and felt like there wasn't sufficient sufficient evidence to open up a case this year. And so ultimately, a case was never opened on the Clinton Foundation. But again, there was this disagreement. Some top DOJ officials felt like there wasn't sufficient evidence. Others felt like there was and that a case should be opened. Bottom line, there's no case that's open right now. Bottom line, there is no case that's open right now. There, these uh, discussions happened earlier this year, and uh, they felt like there wasn't a case. But we do know during this meeting, Wolf, that this investigation that CNN first reported into Terry McAuliffe and a, and a donor to the Clinton Foundation can continue. That had already been ongoing. So essentially, these top DOJ officials said, you can continue focusing on that investigation, but we don't think that there's enough evidence to open up an investigation into the Clinton Foundation. Terry McAuliffe, a good friend of the Clintons, also the governor of Virginia. Yes. All right, Pamela, thank you. So the FBI asked, the DOJ was split on whether to, to let them do it. Ultimately, they said no. Up next here is an exchange between reporters and a State Department spokesman. They're asking questions specifically about this and about the cozy relationship and the back and forth and the porous nature of communication between the Clinton Foundation and the State Department. And listen to how this lady asks, answers these questions from these reporters. And you tell me that she's not trying to fucking hide something. Uh, do you have any response to criticism by some that suggests there was a relationship between uh, the Clinton Foundation and the State Department at the time? There was an email that came out in this recent set that uh, is between the, an executive at the Clinton Foundation and Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills, where he is requesting to set up a, a meeting between a billionaire donor and the U.S. Ambassador to Lebanon. Do you have any response to so, you know, very similar to what I said before, I'm not going to speak to specific emails. However, I think you guys know State Department officials are regularly in touch with a wide variety of um, outside individuals and organizations, including businesses, nonprofits, NGOs, think tanks. You know, the nearly 55,000 pages of former Secretary Clinton's emails released by the department over the past year give a sense of the wide range of individuals, both inside and outside government, that State Department officials are in contact with on a range of subjects. So you don't feel like this e email or you don't feel like there was impropriety uh, in the relationship between the Clinton Foundation and the State Department? We talked to a wide range of people at my level, at various levels in the department, NGOs, think tanks, business leaders, you know, um, experts on a variety of subjects. Except in this, her question. And, 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 and importantly, in this case, Secretary Clinton made a pledge that she would not personally or substantially in any way involve herself with the Clinton Foundation. So it's not just any outside organization, it's a specific organization that she said ahead of time she wouldn't have contact with. So doesn't that, doesn't this then seem to violate that pledge? So again, to reiterate, you know, department officials are in touch with a wide range of individuals. I'd note that former Secretary Clinton's ethics agreement did not preclude other State Department officials from having contact with Clinton Foundation staff. Can you at least try to answer Abigail's question, which was, has the department looked into this and determined that there was no impropriety? The department is regularly in touch with people across the whole spectrum. That's now. not the question. The question is whether or not 
you've looked into this, this the, the, the building has looked into it and determined that everything was okay, that there was nothing wrong. We feel confident in our ability and our past practice of reaching out to a variety of sources and being responsive to requests. I'm sorry, are you, am I not speaking English? Is this, I mean, is it coming across as a forum? I'm not asking you if, no one is saying it's not okay or it's bad for the department to get a broad variety of, of, of input from different people. Ask the question is whether or not you determined that there was nothing improper here. Several times. How many times was she asked that question? And she gave the same talking points, the exact same. What? Who is she? Fucking Marco Rubio with the same answer, the same canned memorized bullshit every single time. Well, we need more of that. Where he said, "Oh, what am I not speaking English?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I've said before, the news is the only place that that kind of thing is acceptable. Where someone will ask a question and an answer will be given that is completely different from what was asked. And right. if that happened in a social situation at a party, you'd be looking at the person like, um, "Is everything okay? Are you? Right. What's going? Is something wrong?" Whatever drugs you're on, I want some of those because they really look like they're good. But for some reason, <laughs> the the media, this this is something that doesn't happen in the media with public officials, and it should, like he did. I think it's starting to. More. As we just saw. Right. But this one, this is terrible. Something's going on here, and if you don't think so, your head's either in the sand or you weren't listening to everything that was just played. The this is important. This is a big deal. I don't know that it rises to the level of not voting for her over Donald Trump, but it's just a bummer that this is the candidate that the Democrats have. This is the nominee. Because this shit, it's going to be a pattern of behavior going forward in another Clinton administration. Well, and you hear people talk about it all the time. Anytime there is a discussion of Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, who are you going to vote for? They say Hillary Clinton is a liar. She's yeah. corrupt. She is a criminal, right? These things. We can't trust her. And there's legitimate criticism there. Yeah. And then it comes down to this conversation of, oh, well, who's worse? Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, very quickly, because again, now we're running late again. Um, she did release her tax returns, and we do know her effective tax rate. She paid a 34.2% federal tax rate and a 43.2% state and local tax rate in 2015. And the way I under the way I remember, this might be wrong. This is drastically higher than even Mitt, Mitt Romney paid when he released his taxes. So they're paying a pretty good portion for being very wealthy people. So that's that's good. Right. She and Bill Clinton had a combined income of $10.75 million. From speaking fees, mostly. Good times. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. We're not really going to talk about Trump. We're going to talk about Trump surrogates and all the nuttiness that is coming along. I, and we're going to talk about Al Baldessaro, who is a, 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 a New Hampshire state representative. We're going to talk about Rudy Giuliani. And we're also going to talk about Lieutenant General Flynn, Michael Flynn, these three people who are saying stupid things, ridiculous things. In the case of Rudy Giuliani, I think I'm, I'm, I'm concerned for his mental health. I hope he doesn't have early onset. It wouldn't really be early, early onset, but 
Alzheimer's or something because he's saying stupid, stupid things. But let's start with Al Baldessero, who is a former Marine, former, I believe, first sergeant in the Marine Corps. And he said uh, during the Republican National Convention on WRKO in Boston to Jeff Kuhner that Hillary Clinton should be shot for treason. Al, uh, a lot of the media, NBC News, CBS News, PBS, CNN, uh, Chris Matthews actually said it was gross. That was the term that he used. Uh, Softball on softball said that to blame Hillary for Benghazi, the way Rudy Giuliani did yesterday, or Pat Smith, the mother of uh, her slain son, Sean Smith, that it was unfair and gross. What do you make of Benghazi? And as a veteran, is Hillary Clinton responsible? Uh, you know, Jeff, I'm a, uh, a veteran that went to Desert Shield, Desert Storm. I'm also a father who sent a son to war to Iraq as a Marine Corps helicopter avionics um, technician. Hillary Clinton, to me, is the Jane Fonda of the Vietnam. She is a disgrace for any lot li- The lies that she told those mothers about their children that got killed over there in Benghazi. She dropped the ball on over 400 emails requesting backup security something's wrong there i wish they'd let the uh, made the documents public on why uh, anderson was the ambassador anderson you know because in my mind i want to think that were they moving guns were they doing something there why did they how did they know he was even there this whole thing disgusts me hillary clinton should be put in the firing line and shot for treason well first of all first sergeant Chris Stevens was the ambassador who was killed in Benghazi, not Ambassador Anderson. So if you're so concerned about Benghazi, why don't you get the fucking facts straight? Get the details straight before you call for the assassination, for the murder of a presidential candidate. Again, another one of these. It's disgusting. Well, and this is the level of, of vitriol that, yes. you're, that you're hearing. Violence. It is very disturbing. And and I think that it is unusual. Is it unusual? Absolutely unusual. Unprecedented. So, I mean, I know that um, Nicholas Kristof. New York Times. Wrote a column about how Donald Trump's candidacy is making people meaner. Yeah. And there might be something to that. Yeah, I, I believe that. Because sure. there's a lot of aggression. Well, here here's the deal. And this will go back to kind of our talk about the media. He went on he went on Fox Business. It's not necessarily Fox Business theme, but he went on Fox News by way of Fox Business and got the kid glove treatment like I've never seen before. This reporter questions him about it and gives him a total fucking pass. The reason? Because he's a veteran. Oh. Donald Trump is doing this for the heart. You're all focused on the way he's raising money, and you're not looking at the 22 veterans that are killing each other every day. You're not concerned about the thousands of veterans that are on wait lists. Look at his plan on his Trump's website. He talks about medical cards. He talks about fixing the VA. He talks about competition. I think the liberal media, and I've been dealing with you a long time, need to get your head out of your butt, focus on the real issues. 
He was first in the spotlight after sticking up for Donald Trump's contributions to Vance. Then the Secret Service questioned him at the RNC for saying that Hillary Clinton should be shot for treason over use of a private email server. With me now, New Hampshire State Representative, vet and Trump delegate, Al Baldassaro. Al, great to have you here. You have had an intense few weeks. Did you have to reassure Secret Service you're not planning to harm anyone physically, specifically Hillary Clinton? Well, no. Nobody actually talked to me at the uh, convention. It was I called on the phone uh, when I got home to uh, the Secret Service here in New Hampshire. Um, I was in the same hotel with all the Secret Service and Donald Trump. Freedom of speech is a beautiful thing when you quote the law, you know, the U.S. Code and the Constitution. Well, as a vet, uh, we do take your perspective a little bit more seriously, perhaps, than just somebody who hadn't served. But do you have second thoughts about the comments that you made? No, why would I ever have second thoughts? Because what she did with the emails with agents, special, you know, DEA or Secret Service or FBI agents that are in other countries, that could have been my son on that email who's in the Marines who served in Iraq. If those emails got in the wrong hands, like they said, her emails were hacked, she knowingly had those on a private server. In my opinion, as a military man, I speak for myself as a, a veteran, as a state representative. That's treason. That's aid and comfort to the enemy. What don't the liberal media get when I said that? All right. It's a fair point. But uh, fair obviously point. there are many who would say, listen, she went, she answered questions in front of Congress, and the matter is settled. She's above the law. She said the matter may be settled with the FBI and the protection from Obama and the attorney general. But the American people are smarter than you think. I hear it all the time in my district. They said, Al, you say things that I only wish I could say. So I stand by what I said. I never said she should be assassinated. What I said be she should go in front of the firing squad for treason. What that means to the slow people is that you've got to be found guilty. Oh, so he's calling for a trial. Well, let's I don't really remember that part of, of his statement. Let's listen again and see where he says that she should be put on trial for treason. This whole thing disgusts me. Hillary Clinton should be put in the fire line and shot for treason. Huh. I didn't, uh, I didn't catch that. That's weird. Yeah. The other thing, treason is the crime of betraying one's country. And this is the part to remember, especially by attempting to kill the sovereign or overthrow the government. Mm. <laughs> Was Hillary Clinton um, uh, casual? Too casual with her emails? Yes. Was she possibly doing something unethical or even illegal? Yeah, I believe so. Was it treasonous behavior? No. In no way was it treasonous, you idiot. The guy's an, not a smart man. Not a smart man. Jesse D says it goes. It goes. All right, well, next up, somebody who is a smart man, who who I'm now very worried for his health, is Rudy Giuliani, who yesterday or the day before gave a speech in which he he made an odd pronouncement about terrorism not being on our shores, not a major terrorist attack happening until Obama came along. Well, in the first part of the speech, he actually talks about 9-11. And in the second part is where he says the dumb thing. Here's the first part. During the time of September 11th, 
when we went through the worst foreign attack in our history since the War of 1812. Remember, we didn't start this war. They did. We don't want this war. They do. And they didn't start it even in 2001. They attacked the World Trade Center in 1993. And they attacked it under the ideology of radical Islamic extremism to create a caliphate, to destroy the infidels, Christians, Jews, non-believing Muslims from their point of view and other people. Mike Pence understands this. That was in the first part. He talks about 9-11. Here's the second part where his mental health is a concern for me. Nah. By the way, under those eight years, before Obama came along, we didn't have any successful radical Islamic terrorist attack in the United States. They all started when Clinton and Obama got into office. There's a president in between those two, Mayor Giuliani. His name is George W. Bush. So if they started with Clinton, they didn't start with Obama. And 9-11 was on George W. Bush's watch. Was it his fault? No. But it happened. In 2001, he, was, he, he took office January 20th, 2001. September 11th, 2001. Eight months later was 9-11. I just don't know. I know you, you, you hesitate. You don't like me saying that I question his mental acuity well, here. Well, I just disagree. I think he so knows. Think he's just a, a total soulless shill, you think? Yeah, I think, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. And there is a, a segment of the population that doesn't care that what he's saying is not factual. Yeah. And this is something that they will be on board with repeating and saying, cheering for, agreeing with. It, that is a bummer. Well, up next would be Lieutenant General. Michael Flynn, who talked about Sharia being implemented in communities in America. I'm a quick reality check and something one of his top advisors said on the program last night in a speech yesterday, Trump called for ex what he called extreme vetting of immigrants to somehow screen out people who think, for example, that Sharia law should be imposed in the United States. Last night, retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn on this program, who's a Trump advisor, said it's already happening in some places in the country. Here's what he said. We have a couple of states in this in this country right now that are dealing with the 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 at the state and local level dealing with the imposition of Sharia law right now. So and this is a very serious issue, and I think that was really the uh, the points that Donald Trump was trying to make today. Where, where do you see people seriously uh, trying to impose Sharia law in the United States right now? Florida and Texas are two states. Tom Foreman has a reality check. So Tom, how do the general's claims actually hold up? Well, let's take a look at the claim itself. What he's saying is a couple of states are dealing with the imposition of Sharia law. We'll start with the definition. Sharia law is a legal system based on Islamic teachings. It covers crime, business, marriage, diet, etiquette, and much more. So where is this being imposed upon people in the United States? As you just heard the general say, Texas is one of those places. What has happened there is that some Muslim community leaders have formed what they call an Islamic tribunal. This is a place where members of the community can come together if they have some dispute, some civil dispute. 
They can air their grievances in front of this group, and they can get arbitration based upon Sharia. Now, it's important to note this kind of arbitration has existed for Christians and Jews and other people for many decades out there. And importantly, as they note on their own website, look, these proceedings must be conducted in accordance with the law of the land, local, state, and federal within the United States. Anderson? So, just to be clear, this isn't, quote, Sharia law like that found in Islamic countries, and it doesn't supersede any U.S. law or challenge any U.S. law. No, there is no way in which somebody under this arbitration system cannot challenge the results or go back and get justice from the courts if they wish. It's the same kind of system that in some communities in New York, uh, in, among Orthodox Jews, they have the same sort of setup if someone wants exactly. a religious same, ruling. Same sort of thing. Tom, uh, the other example that General Flint cited was, was in Florida. Well, I, I hadn't heard of anything happening there. What, what is happening? Florida is one of at least nine states that have passed what we refer to as anti-Sharia laws. What this means is they basically said the courts there cannot give too much weight to Sharia or indeed any foreign law in making a ruling here. Now, why would you have such a thing? Well, think about this. Let's say you had a couple that got married in Egypt, and they had certain expectations when they got married, legal expectations. Then they immigrate to the United States, and they decide to get divorced. The courts here can and do consider their expectations from back home, but not if those expectations fly in the face of U.S. law or U.S. customs. Then they get pushed aside. Otherwise, they can be considered. The bottom line, though, is even if states are pushing these anti-Sharia laws, that does not prove that anyone is trying in any credible, tangible, big way to establish Sharia law. That's why our finding is that this statement is simply false. There's nothing more that needs to be added. He nailed it. That is exactly the case. There isn't a community, some city council or county commissioners or municipality. No one's considering like, ah, oh, should we uh, make Sharia the law of the land in our city? No, no one's doing that. Right. And for this retired lieutenant general, this retired three-star general to say this is not just disingenuous. He's a liar. It is a lie. It is dishonorable. It's disrespectful to the intelligence of the American people. Well, and so this goes along with what we just talked about. Right. Rudy Giuliani. You're right. They are openly saying things that they know are false because they know the audience that they're talking to doesn't care, right. doesn't want to go watch a fact-checking video about whether or not that's true. From the Clinton News Network. Yeah, they, no, <laughs> they, if it was a little um, Dinesh D'Souza documentary meme or something like that, they'd right. love it, but no. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you think? 657-464-7609. That is where you can leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Taking care of biz. Well, we have more Olympic news. And more period talk. And more... <laughs> yeah. More period talk. 
Now, I am what I'm waiting for with bated breath, Brittany, with excitement right now, is I want you to pronounce this Chinese swimmer's name. I thought you had a clip. No, no clip. Okay. It would be her speaking in Chinese. That wouldn't be good. Yeah, that's true. We don't have a lot of listeners in China. I don't think we have any listeners in China. No, we could have. You could have pulled a clip that talked about this nope. in English. Yes, you could have. Nope. You need to try. Work this out. Okay. Foo. Foo. Wan Hu. <laughs> I don't know. I, I That's probably right. Okay. So Foo Wan Hu. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I honestly, I wish I could read names. It's very unfortunate well, for me that I do not have this ability. When you it's... are single languaged like us, I know. Chinese, th- I'm a turd. I'm a turd. They're even harder. Yeah. Because you got X's and fucking Z's and you don't, you know, it's not like Xavier. It's all kinds of crazy shit going on. Right. Okay. So on Sunday, when she finished fourth in the women's four by 100 meter medley relay, an interviewer found her doubled over and grimacing. She asked Fu if she was in pain, and Fu responded, Actually, my period started last night, so I'm feeling pretty weak and really tired. But this isn't an excuse. At the end of the day, I just didn't swim very well. And people are not happy because she mentioned her period. Right. So apparently in China... What's wrong with dudes, Brittany? What is wrong with dudes? Well, apparently, okay, first of all, it's still a taboo in America, too. But apparently in China, it's worse, okay? Because (laughs) some of the Chinese social media sites, they were reacting to what she said, and they were confused as to how she was swimming in the water. Like she, like she, how physically she was able to swim while menstruating? Is that what you mean? Well, someone accused her of lying and asked how she could have gone into the water on her period. <laughs> and they reported that Chinese people have prejudices she, about tampons. She just should should have just said it was a, it's an ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> well, sorry, I, sorry. it was I mean, too easy. Well, this is this is disturbing, right? That people are wondering how she's able to go into the water, right? It, it's 2016, Brittany. But apparently, um, apparently in China, there's prejudice. Uh, people have prejudices about tampons. And one user on a social media site said that as a woman over 30 and being Chinese, that she'd been ignorant and full of fear about using tampons until recently. Wow. And so actually, Fu, by speaking about her period so casually on TV did a lot of women a favor, especially in China. So that's how she's taking care of biz, you think? Yes, because there's still this, it's a taboo to talk about your period. It destigmatizes it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if I don't know if they're worried about the contamination, but (laughs) if you've ever been in a pool, (laughs) don't even worry about periods. Do you look around and see the other people that are in the bathtub with you? Yeah, Um, it's a dick stew. They have chlorine for a reason. Right. And, you know, one time I got a mouthful of pool water and swallowed it. And uh, I, I will never. That was 40% piss. That, I, that for sure. <laughs> that was a half a mouthful of urine. I think about that memory sometimes and I gag because it was so <laughs> horrific. And it happened to me when I was a teenager. And it still affects me to this day that I did that. Yeah. I can't no let good. it go. I can't let it go. All right. 
Well, power to the period, Brittany Page. Good to go. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We love you guys. We appreciate you. If you're a patron, if you're a supporter from PayPal or Patreon, join us on Saturday. I don't know exactly what the, the limit is for the room, uh, but if it fills, we'll do another one, whatever. Uh, we love you. Appreciate you. Goddamn. This is great. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this is Ben. I doubt it. I went in for a microwave. I walked out with an abortion. <laughs>